chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know. That's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Yeah. Where are you going? Hey. Hey there. Wow. It's not always easy. It's amazing if you think about it. Let's think this about this. strange. I have some thoughts about that. Life is hard. Trauma bonded. It occurred to me that, yeah, Blockbuster, Blockbuster is probably not something that everyone knows. But for people that don't know, it was a way that we old used to watch movies. We'd go to a place and rent a movie from them and we would take it to our homes and put it in a machine and watch it at our homes. And then we would return it in a timely fashion. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And that was it. It has been several iterations, really. It first was a videotape. And then, can you, I'm sorry. And then, can you explain what a videotape is now? It was like a little mini film reel that was contained in a plastic box. And you stuck it in something called a VCR, video cassette recorder. Oh they God. had different types of VCRs, including Betamax and... VHS and Beta Max apparently was the better quality VCR. I remember when this, these came out because my dad got us a Beta Max for our first VCR and we were really excited. We went to the Blockbuster. I mean, it, there wasn't a Blockbuster then. I mean, that's how old I am. I predate Blockbuster. So do you. And we went to this video store. That was not Blockbuster. It was probably like mom, pop. Just like a neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got you now. I got you. And we were really excited to get our first movie. And there's all these movies all around us. And we couldn't rent any of them because they were all VHS formatted. And we had a stupid Betamax. So we were relegated to this one loan standing rack in the center of the store that had like six options for Betamax. And I don't even know what Betamax movie, is. That's why I'm confused. The first movie we ever rented was Tootsie. Oh my God, that's a good movie. Not for With, a um, 10 year old or however wait, old that uh, was. Don't tell me who. Was that, who's that guy? Yeah. Rain Man. Who's that gun? guy? Um, Justin Hoffman. Good job. Is it? Yes. Yeah. 
which apparently that's that really would good. Be, would be canceled this day these days because it was oh. a man dressed as a woman. Wow. But not the because propaganda rearing its ugly head in 1987. Could never get away from it. Um, yeah, so we okay. were really mad at my dad. I was really mad about that movie. It felt like an adult. It just felt like an adult movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway. Um, Themes. No, I, I did feel bad that I couldn't come up with a bit, especially being that our storyteller is a comedian. Oh, I know. It felt like total room for a bit. But I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, I had some thoughts around that. About her being a comedian? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a bit. <laughs> but All right, go. I mean, it kind of, I think, validates what you and I are doing a little bit, right? Well, I'm glad you like, could bring it back to us, T. <laughs> like what we're doing here today ah. just feels like, you know, we talk about levity. We talk about how humor is powerful, right? It's like the opposite you know? side of that trauma coin. Yes. It is, the, right? Like you can, and they do say that comedians have a bit of darkness to them. Totally. As well. But yeah, so, but it's nice. You know, I think humor is a, a great way to kind of help your well being. Totally. Right? Laugh your, or die. Your mental and emotional health, different yeah, perspectives. Absolutely. It helps. Laughter is the best medicine, okay. et cetera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's a nice, creative way to. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good intro. Right? I, I was just... Oh, sorry. Um, real right? quick. Sorry so loud. Um, real quick, though, I did have to look up these terms because I hear them kind of bandied around about, about a lot, and I wanted to look them up just for myself. Um, Which terms? Her, her diagnosis of acute psychosis with schizophrenic tendencies... That was the original, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> like ac acute psychosis, I had to look up. Um, again, it's Did something it that I hear. Suddenly? Acute being something that happens suddenly? Is that? Or it's like, it's a, it's a, a part from being ongoing. So it might just yeah. be temporal. Oh, okay. Um, acute psychosis is the presence of the mental state where appreciation of reality is impaired as evidenced by the presence of psychotic symptoms such as delusions, hallucinations, mood disturbance, etc. So that tracks. And then mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of info on Google Baby about uh, schizophrenia. And it seems to really run the gamut as far as like what potential um, symptoms could be. Schizophrenic tendencies, disorganized... Yeah, grandiosity, yeah. disorganized thinking, concentration and memory problems, overly excited, emotional withdrawal, lack of emotional expressions, difficulty with abstract thinking, and extremely disorganized or catatonic behavior. Mm. Um, it does run the gamut. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna intro the episode. Okay. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg here with Therese Garcia. Hello, hello. And today we're discussing episode two six six. What if you thought everyone was dead? While in the depths of a toxic relationship, a woman begins experiencing a magical, unseen world around her. But on a layover from a flight through L.A., the world becomes all too real. She takes off her shoes at the airport, T. I mean, who does that? And full disclosure, I'm the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to WIT for the final interview. And this show, Trauma Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity. T, what's, what stuck out to you as the heart of Kim's story? Yes, yes, yes. Um, first You're good off, at hearts. I'm just sometimes, but first off, before that, I'm just gonna just as a teaser to what we might be talking about. This particular episode was like an experience for me a little bit. It brought back uh, a lot of flashbacks of um, um, hallucinogenic. Yeah, like. It, he has uh, a history of drug use. I, I, and it, it was really, it took me on a ride a bit. And I kept really? like, Are you okay? like, I was identifying with some of the things that she was saying when I had been like taking hallucinogenic drugs and stuff, you know? Anyway, oh, that was, it was a trip. Because was that's a trip great to know me. because, um, yeah, it was hard for me to identify with, her, those particular segments of her oh. story when she's describing fairies it, and oh, whatever. Oh. I'm like, it's, I don't know, to me, hearing someone describe their hallucinations. It's is, hard. It's akin to hearing someone tell you about a dream they had, which can be really it's It's so hard to arduous. describe. Process. Yeah. And it doesn't, and you're just like, whoa, right. And you're just like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like is that, I don't know. It's someone describing colors. It's just it to me. It's too abstract to really get. It's on almost board like with. words. Sometimes she did a great job, but like words, she can't even describe for me yeah. like some of the stuff that happened that it doesn't like hit how it felt. You know. Yeah. So the heart of the story, though, for me was, um, like our our human, like our, our fundamental need to belong. Um, I think from the beginning of her life, her family life was a little bit unsettled. I mean, first off, her father leaving and she loved and trusted him and was very caring and affectionate. He left. Um, the mom, right? The suicide attempt, holiday, all these things. There's almost that like sense of abandonment there. And then of course the stepdad, um, 
again, that love and affection, but then it was really based on more an attraction. So dirty. Like I, it, I, I, it was very disturbing. And then obviously again, the boyfriend, um, who, again, you love and try, he brought you in to his world and like, and then just with the abuse. So it's like, where am I, where do I fit in and where, where can I find this sense of like safety Mm. with people, you know? And it didn't seem like she felt that security and sense of belonging for like many, many years. Mm. It's like, it's even worse. I don't know if it's even worse, but like, it's like a fake out, you know, like, okay, ah, okay, here I am, you know? And it's like, no, 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 no. And then no, and then no. That's interesting. You always come good with good perspectives on the heart part. T. Thanks. I was really feeling this one, you know. I'm so glad. Um, yeah. It's funny because you're pointing sort of you're pointing out uh, really all of these moments that made her life very unstable, and really you could call inconsistent, which is ironical because my part of the story, which I finally, I feel like I always go a little bit more, um, um, uh, I go less abstract, I guess, with my hearts of the story. Um, Hmm. I find it interesting that, and I find this to be true of anyone battling mental illness, even when you're in the midst of low lows, you're Mm. still absolutely yourself. And I, that's what I found interesting about, even though all of these things around her were inconsistent, she was very consistent throughout her life. I feel like she always showed up the mm-hmm. same way. Um, even thinking about her interest in movies, like a lot of mm-hmm. the imagery that she talks about to me and my movie mind also went to just movies. Like it all tracked. There was like, 2001 a space odyssey where she witnessed the dawn of man and then there was uh seeing the shadow people and the trees on her walks you know that's like what i imagine the guy uh the demon and ghost looks like you know where the guy gets killed at the end and he's like and then like (laughs) when he's um when when she's holding her crying boyfriend who's an abusive piece of shit. It's sort of like yeah. goodwill hunting. And hmm. um, and then at the end where she's like, it was a gift. Yeah. At least two Gosh. movies I can think of called the gift. Neither of them really have any relation to what she's talking about. And they're both different in their own regard, but but they use that word. So they use that w- the word, yeah. So it got because <laughs> <laughs> well, this wasn't very long. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she's she's always more. herself, and I think that's really lovely. Yeah. I think in trauma, our self is always there. Yeah, the core <laughs> of yourself. I like that too. I one common thread I noticed with her experiences was this sense and I know it's a bit maybe manic or something, but yeah. This euphoria she kept feeling or that everything was beautiful, you know? 
well, except when it wasn't. But it, like, I I would like to know the percentage. I think it, she was just really. She seemed happy and like she had a purpose, um, whether or not it was like doing the opposite or whatever it is. But she was always like, this is beautiful. Life is beautiful. The world is beautiful. Like oh. it felt like she's just a positive, optimistic person. Yeah. Um, she you know? never would have made it in with nine days of solitary if she wasn't in a, in a full-blown mania psychosis. Yeah. Oh, right? Gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, and on, and, um, I, I did the pre interview with her. And one thing that we, we talked about in our pre interview is, is, cause I, I asked her about, you know, the experience of being in solitary confinement because from all the media I've seen, it's, it's no picnic. I remember don't think that, so. um, remember that Law and Order SVU episode when, Stabler is like, I'm going to spend the weekend in solitary so I can see what it's like, you know, because he was always like hard on the criminals and the psychiatrist is like, no, it's like really difficult. And he's like, I'm going to find out. And like the whole episode is just like this montage of him like doing pushups and like freaking out and trying to sleep and stuff and like kind of losing it. And then finally they let him out. And he's like, what the hell? I said, just for a weekend, not for a week. Oh. And like, it was a weekend. It was a weekend, dude. Like, oh my like, God. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, solitary is the worst. If stable it. <laughs> must be terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so when her and I talked, you know, I wanted to know what her experience of solitary was. And she's like, it wasn't normal. Like, I couldn't have hand like the fact that I wasn't a psychosis meant I could handle it. I I near say I almost enjoyed it, you know, and it so it wasn't like a true experiencing of what of what that would be like. It it was even though her mental illness got her there, her mental illness also protected her from um, that that harsh reality she she could have endured. Yeah, yeah, yes, tough. I don't think I handled that either what did you think about uh, when the stepdad admits that he's been doing it to her underwear and you know the marriage is falling apart and he goes to have his own apartment and then they have to bring him back because of money issues and basically she has to lock herself in the room all night long yeah. for months yeah yeah. I mean, and also dealing with the perspective of people around her of, mm-hmm. well, at least he didn't touch you. Like oh minimizing gosh. her feelings. I know. How do you think and- that that contributed to her mental health? Well, first of all, he only admitted because he got caught, right? Right. I just want to clarify that because. Yeah. It's not like he was like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, yeah. but uh, like, there's this whole thing around, like, with those kind of abandoning bits, like, blaming herself for things, I think, something as well, which super sucks. 
when bad things happen to you like that and you blame yourself. Um, Like for her to have, you're constantly in fear. You're locking Mm -hmm. yourself in your room and constantly in fear is valid to have like these feelings um, and not like if you have these feelings, have them and don't be like, oh, somebody's like, but nothing even happens. Like, yeah, like you start to like internalize these things like it is my fault or it is my bad. Like nothing, ha- you know, that's like she, no. it, it feels like she's the one being punished she's the one like stowed away yeah she's the one banished away and he just moves he should be banished exactly lock your your, lock yourself somewhere yeah that's such a good point well i mean i think that's always been the problem with the this idea of like rape culture or it you know yeah the the fascination that we have with victim blaming um, mm-hmm. from well, a lig- religious, shirt, so. right. Or from a, a religious point of view, like you need to cover your body head to toe so that men don't lust after you. Like it's always on, uh, the onus is always is on that, us yeah. to keep the man you? from, you? yeah. I mean, that's yeah. you, I think. Yeah. I think we need to start shifting and that and it has begun, you know, that, con- that this is not a new conversation, but the focus yeah. should always be back on the man and you know controlling himself or getting help for something that he might feel is out of his control to protect women and children hello um yeah for so for some reason i thought because of your recent mushroom experience that you might have felt some of these no did you get any kind of visuals or anything no it was just a feeling what was your feeling it was just over overwrought emotions (laughs) just yeah i felt really exposed and very vulnerable and just right i felt like anyone anyone could pick me apart at any second and it just scared the me to death and but I didn't really see anything I just saw like if I couldn't look at my phone because it was just too intense but I didn't see like actual hallucinations and when, when I watched like cable um different movies would just set me off emotionally but it um maybe people looked more lit up like their lighting was different, but I didn't see, I didn't see any. There was their lights berries. on the bottom. <laughs> like all they're doing is like telling yeah. scary And it turns <laughs> like, to me it's like, Ellie, are you okay? <laughs> no. Like, why do you have a flashlight under your kid? You're so what? white. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh. Hmm. I think I've heard, um, and maybe I'm making it up, but I've heard like the second time you do it or something, and maybe it's just acid, but the second time you do it, uh, you'll get more visuals. I don't know. I heard that somewhere. Yeah. I mean, that was my second time over oh. like a 10 year, like a 10 year 
period. What was your first time like? It was awesome. Oh, so yeah. <clears throat> like you were talking about these, um, the con- the uh, consistency or the lack of consistency with stability. I mean, obviously her being angry at the stepdad and then later having resentment toward her mom for not right protecting her or, or seeing it for what it was. Um, she, and she's told that she's quite pretty, you know, she's quickly becoming uncomfortable with elder males, which in turn makes her develop this mistrust of authority figures and just not like being told what to do. Yeah. The rebel is born. And then she's I I love like that. reading Nietzsche and Socrates and people. Oh. Did you ever go through a philosophy phase? I took a philosophy class. In college? In college, which was an art school. But it was good. I felt good about it. Intro to philosophy? It was like that. It was like that. Yeah. I took an intro I have to any philosophy course. Um, I took it my sophomore year instead of my freshman year. So I was in there with a bunch of freshmen. It was a big class. And and it was just so annoying to sit and listen to people try to eke out a sentence that, that they thought was deep, you know. Like even then I was like, like eye rolling. <laughs> and um I hated it. I hated it. I never went to class ever, ever, ever. And I was going to skip the final. And then just, I think, I think my thinking was like, I'll just take the fail. I don't know what I was thinking. Stupid. Oh no. College kid shit. But then I was like, no, I got to show up for the final. I'm going to go. I don't think I studied, but I was going to go to the final. I couldn't find the final. Oh, what, was it in the same room as? No. no. And they give you the like little blue sign. book. You go sit. There wasn't no? a sign saying where it was. Like, I literally showed well, the up. the effort's there. Like, oh, well. Hello? Hello? Anyone? I think I walked around the building a bit. No? Seeing if I could. Can you hear me? No, I was just acting like you oh. in oh, the sorry. empty classroom. Sorry, my bad. Um. So I think I failed that class. I might have dropped. I don't remember what I did. Anyway, then my next, the next semester, I took this philosophy class called Milton. And it was one course. It was like a 400 level course just about John Milton. Paradise Lost. And Okay. All right. And it was small and it was one of those situations where we had to sit in a semicircle and it was terrible. It was terrible. Why are you taking these classes? I feel like maybe it's know. just not your. Oh, because at Loyola, <laughs> they had a, a prerequisite of like 18 credit hours um, in theology and slash philosophy. I, I I'm surprised you didn't take theology. I did. did. Oh. But see, I I took all of my like course requirements for my major like right away. Like I only wanted to learn about political things. So I kind of had to like backtrack and go after my core stuff. 
So I was just trying to pack it in as much as I could. I took a class called New Testament. Mm. Great one. Great one. I took one about classic mysticism. Oh God. Oh. Yikes. Anyway. Um I took a um homosexuality and religion class. How'd that turn out? Good. <laughs> good. Real good. Validated everything. Was I don't remember. It was pro. It was pro gay. Yeah. Yeah. It just gave me more of like, I think, I don't remember anything, but I feel like it gave me more ammunition because I learned a bit more about it wasn't religion. I think it was like Christianity even specific or maybe even Catholicism. I don't know, but it gave me a little bit more where I felt like I could talk about it more intelligently instead of being like, F you guys, you know, yeah. but now you I can't cause mind. I don't remember. You don't know. You make me touch up your high horse. Hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Hate like it. that. Like I was arguing like that. And then I took the class and I was like, Oh, because of, Oh, I have no I idea anymore. Will not allow your phallic systems to infiltrate. I'm not sure if it was like that, but yeah, you know, <laughs> words, words. I had more words and now uh -huh. I have fewer words. Yeah, no, I get it. But that's cool. Uh, <clears throat> Did we go off topic again? No, that oh, was philosophy. Topic. Philosophy. Yeah, that's right. Because she took. Yeah, she got into philosophy. And then she started going to warehouses, which is always a bad idea. And Ugh. never, never trust a man who's dancing on the dance floor with no self-consciousness. I never know. trust that man, ever. With total abandon. I see this guy <laughs> in, my, in my mind's yeah. eye, and he just he looks dancing? like a douche. <laughs> The way yeah. he looks and the way he's dancing and like, what is this? Like, you know, I'm just yeah. like, I, well, he's like playing with a, like a fireball. Yeah. And just, ball. and just like toss it to you, yeah. toss it back to me. And it's like, no, don't. Yeah. I'm, you need to stay away from him. Like when people told it, yeah. like, it's a good thing to listen to that. But I feel she's like. A rebel. She's developed a rebel. I know. And the words he used were when I was talking about like that feeling of belonging and stuff, like he yeah. was like, you know, what did he say? He said, you're, you're so here. welcome here. Yeah. You know, there's uh, when you're feeling vulnerable and you don't know your place, when someone's like, hey, you're so welcome here, you know, I can so see who you could be like things like that, like to some, like a vulnerable, you know, it's like, yeah. it's almost predatory. I feel like yeah. uh, without making, maybe he wasn't trying to be that way. I don't know. Or I don't know, but it's dirty. It feels dirty to me and gross. But with the dancing, like, I can't. It's so alluring, you know, those yeah. buildings with their terrible fire codes and, Oh God! And it just and feels like this alternative and... society, and people are there having deep conversations, and you're searching lives, or something existentialism, Spiritual. no, no connections. 
you know, is the sky blue? I mean, is it? Is this shirt is green it? and white? No, it's black and white. <laughs> what did you think about him slapping her and just calling it, you know, just like a cute, like a wake up slap? Wake up slap. God, I can't. I'm going to punch him in the face. That's I what know. I would do. Wake up punch. We, I mean, I went through phases where, like, we're in a coffee shop. We would, like, punch each other in the arm, like, as hard as we could. Kind of almost as, like, a flirting ritual. Just a, a weird way to get to touch each other. Yeah, I mean, I joined the rugby team, so I get it. <laughs> At least there was, like, a reason we're, like, we're tackling each other level. and practicing. Oh, she's at the bottom of the pile. Having a great time. Just loving it. <laughs> girl pile. Girl pile. Hashtag girl pile. Um, R.I.P. Hashtag girl pile. Anyway, um, it's a thing. Anyway, so <laughs> we won't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I said, okay, I get it, I guess, but it sounded to me that he was doing all the punching, no? Or... Yeah, it doesn't sound like she was giving him any wake up punches. No. And then to say things that really shake her confidence, like, yeah, I I see a person you could be. Like, it's so backhanded. It It sounds like really encouraging and thoughtful, but you're essentially telling them they haven't arrived yet and there's something lacking. They're not there. Yeah, Yeah. they're not there. There's something lacking, but if you just hang around me enough, you'll get it. Oh, I've heard these messages from (sighs) dudes before. I will not name names, but you know. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you know, just leaving for college. Like, I, I probably had a phase. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I did have a phase like that, where you're, you're really searching for some kind of connection, searching within yourself. Who am I? What am I doing? You know, you're just so. It's scary. A scary place to be, and yeah. I think now when I'm thinking of it now. I'm making a lot of fun of it. And I'm like, I'm all set, you know, but I can see when you're in kind of a younger transitioning, figuring stuff out. Or in your thirties. Or in your thirties. It's not about age, is it? I hope not. Transitioning or something or trying to figure out stuff about your life. Or you, you do feel like you know who you are and you've surrounded yourself with people that make you feel good about yourself and, and mm-hmm. you're still feel like you're growing. And then one rogue narcissist can enter your <sighs> life and just totally tear out the work you've put in for low these many years. You know, I think that that is also difficult to see and root out because the thing about narcissists is like, they're fucking amazing to be around. Like their energy. Charming. So high. Yeah. They're so charming. Mm-hmm. They reel you in, and before you know it, you are questioning all of these foundations that you thought you'd set up for yourself. And it, I don't want to, it's. I feel like this is a personal story. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah. Hey, T. Did you realize that none of your travels have, have mattered throughout your life? Because it only matters if you go for three months or more. Oh. 
it's such that guy to say that to. I hate that. No, don't just go visit Ecuador for two weeks. You need to live there and and fully embrace the culture and learn the language and live on a calle with. Hola. <laughs> you need to bathe amigos. Ceviche yeah. of the experience. Oh, yeah. Be the yeah. ceviche. Be the, eat the, eat the, eat the, ce- eat the, the ceviche. Be the ceviche. Actually, in the ceviche. If you can't make ceviche by the time you've come home, you've not traveled there. No, no. You don't no. know shit about ceviche. You're not then living it. Then, of course, it. she You're went, okay, it. I'm going to go do that. And I get that. She's trying to demonstrate to him that she can be this person that he sees that she can be. Right? God. Uh, yeah. So the flight. What about the very LA guy on the plane? <laughs> he said he was protecting the plane. Oh my God. Can you imagine sitting there listening to these two numbskulls have a conversation yeah. about vibrating yeah. energy or whatever the fuck they that were talking so about? That was so weird. Oh, I would have lost my full mind. So there was a you, flight warden? Are there flight wardens on flights? That's yeah, a thing? Yeah, like a U.S. Marshal. Oh, well, the, are they said, always yeah. on there? Like from There's uh, one on a flight. Bridesmaids? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. I thought that was... Wow. Okay. I think so. Wow. <clears throat> Um, I do like to think that 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 everything was a game, yeah. um, like thinking, you know, we're in like Super Mario Brothers or something. It's like, or like, I, it sounds like there'd be a soundtrack, like, you know, like, and it's just like oh, for doing sure. thing. For sure. It sounds kind of fun. Um, and I bet it's really loud in your mind too. Yeah. Like, you know. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, when she lines up or she wouldn't get in the line at customs. Um, and she has this moment of like self-reflection where if she would have seen herself. Well, I remember in the pre-interview, we talked about this and she's like, oh, my God. Like, if I would have saw myself being the way I was being, I would have definitely thought this is an entitled yeah, bitch woman who is just being anti to be anti, like get in line yeah. so we can all get through this. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And then I, I listened to it twice, but it sounded like it's okay to not wear shoes in the LA airport. Is that what she said? Well, maybe that wasn't as bad as all the other stuff she was doing. It's disgusting to take off your shoes in the airport. People do that on the plane. Too. You've seen that. I get so annoyed. It's gross. Like, why are you doing this? And it's like they're at home. Really? It doesn't Remember feel that Brandy way on the plane. Spears went barefoot in like a like a gas station bathroom and the internet almost died over it. Yeah. Ooh. There's a lot of feelings about taking off your shoes. I feel like on a plane you're supposed to actually have like your feet and your calves even like be more tight for blood circulation and stuff. Right? Yeah. Should be tight. Not tighter let them just hang loose outside no. of the sock. Ugh. 
And then they put their feet up and you're like, you look over, you're like, are your bare feet next to my face? It's just like right there. (laughs) I'm like, oh, what? Oh, my God. You do you, boo. Um, So rude. (laughs) It is is pretty shocking, right, that she can just walk out onto the L.A. airfield. I know. Is that weird? Like, there's safety issues. I've not tried... Um, I haven't tried. I mean, I that. guess it makes sense that you, those areas should be easily accessible by crew and they can put up like tons of signs that say like, don't go here, like pertaining to customers. But it is kind of weird that they don't have to have like a badge swipe or something. Security. To get them out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seemed a bit too easy. And I, it was just picturing her like someone's like, with a plane like like this way and then she's just standing there like I just I was like what is going on like that's she's crazy like, such a great dancer <laughs> he really is owning it abandon. I like this oh, full of orange cones he's holding They're dancing like no one's watching can I have a cone can I dance too <laughs> just moving cones around flights like this is fine. Each other. <clears throat> I do <laughs> admire her consistent rebellion. Like even mm-hmm. when she's she sees a sign that says "Do not use the telephone," and she must do it. She must. Be <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's that's like, like <laughs> reverse like reverse psychology. Could be managed. Like you spend some time with her, and you're like, okay, I think I figured out your thing. I can manage yeah. you for a little while until we get you like some meds or something. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like taking it as a sign to do the opposite. And then people taking the pictures of her because she's being arrested. Yeah. Like just added to the grandiosity or the delusion. She's like, Oh yes. Grandeur. Yeah. Yes. I'm important. This makes total sense. Total sense. They're being. Did you have anything else at the airport you want to talk about? Or the airplane? Or the airfield? Or the arrest? Oh, no, I don't think so. Not on the airplane. Do you want to go to prison? Let's go to prison. So just like the stabler, um, sorry. What? Yeah. Just like the stabler story, right? Like to her, nine days felt like 50 years. But not even 50 years when like the way she talks about it, it's like, it goes through like evolution and civilizations and the rise and fall of worlds and societies, you know, like it doesn't like that seems like a lot longer than 50 years. I mean, Uh, those days are long. Yeah. How could you watch? Cause surely these rooms are monitored in some way. Right. I mean, how yeah. can you watch? So this girl always already has demonstrated 
something's happening to her on the plane. Like she was doing erratic behaviors on the plane. She gets to the airport. She's doing weirdo stuff there. She walks out on the airfield twice, right? Like, and then she gets to solitary confinement in the LA County jail and she's flicking her food all over the cell. She's flicking mm-hmm. water from her toilet all over the floor. At what point yeah. do you go, I wonder if she's in some sort of mental distress? Oh, yeah. Right? Is this a uniquely American thing? Is this a Californian thing? Like, why Why can't we treat someone for something that they actually need help for? It's just always straight to criminalization, right? Yeah. Criminal, 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 criminal. Like, she clearly needed help. It's clearly, clearly. I mean, yeah. the drug test showed she was not on any drugs. Right. That should be Something's a happening. Yeah. yeah. It's just no one seems to care. Everyone's just overtaxed. No one gives a shit. I guess they felt if they if they thought she was a true harm to herself, then the this solitary cell is the best place for her to be. But... And thank God that she did remain in psychosis while in there because it could have yeah. really actually further damaged her to put her yeah. someone in that kind of mental state to put him in a place like that for that long. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yeah. It's so fitting too that they go to Universal Studios. Again, this is like the consistency of like her movie mind. Like what she mm-hmm. do? She's like Universal Studios. <laughs> that makes sense. That's where cinema file go cine- cinephiles go. I feel like there's always like a mom coming to save the kid and then bringing yeah. them to the hotel and then realizing Still not good. Yeah. I found that sad. Yeah. But yeah, then they go to Universal Studios and it's like, please don't be weird. <laughs> can you stop <laughs> getting naked in the bathroom? And like, can we just like walk around and drink a soda? You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, there was no way that she was going to get help until they, it sounds like, she, I mean, she ended up going to a hospital for two months. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think, and I think this is the biggest turning point in the story. When she got out of that hospital, or no. Is it when she got out of the hospital and then she decided to go live with the ex again? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge turning point here, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This is where someone's life either gets better or it gets worse. And thinking about how many times it takes people to leave their abusers and, and, or sometimes like accepting a bit of abuse if it means like we get to have independence. She, went back to him and you're just like pulling out your hair and thank God she had now received this help, right? She was in a good state of mind and for her Mm -hmm. to be able to see his behavior for it being as despicable as it was and for him to hit her with a smile on his face in front of a bunch of people and for no one to say anything demonstrates again, like what kind of like, megalomaniac power he has at this place and no one's going to call him on his shit his further narcissism and his abuse and it's like right at that moment she could have just put her head down and kept it and just stayed there and endured it but the fact that she like chose to save herself it's it could have been like a completely different story of her life oh yeah it's a huge huge turn yeah yeah Thank goodness for that. Real. And I think another big turning point is like the someone, you know, the lawyer that helped getting her case re- mm-hmm. reviewed and reversed. And, you know, for the public record to actually acknowledge what actually happened and not her be branded some criminal. Yeah. It's right there. It's so obvious. You just have to look at it for a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? And maybe that is what needed to happen. Maybe it it, it was too chaotic in the moment and it couldn't be evaluated for what it was. But looking back and, and seeing the pile of evidence the way it was and and then finding out the aftermath that she did go to a hospital, et cetera. Like, yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. At least, um, at least justice did end up going in her direction. I just, she said it a couple times and it just like, what did she say? Exactly. Like, like what was her well, wording that she used? Things about like, um, I don't know the exact quotes, but that losing a father figure and then losing another fa- father figure helped to contribute probably to her Mm. psychosis or, you know, whatever, all the bad things, right. Mm -hmm. Um, That's happening in her life. I mean, I, for me, all I was going to say was. Don't diminish yourself, T. I read read that as like someone you love and trust, you know, when you're in your formative years. Yeah, have someone you love and trust abandon you, and I just think like oh, we could or or totally betray your trust in that they only give you love and affection because of their sexual attraction towards you. But like, um, that could be an aunt, that could be right. a grandfather, that can be a fam- close family friend. You know, um, just when I heard father figure like hit me a little different. Like, oh no. Um, but those were, those were my thoughts. 
I don't think it, it's necessarily a father figure. Having a father figure or losing a father figure is. I mean, this sort of gets at like just derivation of our, how we call things what they are. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. It's not a literal father figure. It's someone that's close to you or is in a parental position or, or just um, someone that you look to for guidance has a, abandoned you. And I think these terms are outdated because they come from like a heteronormative nuclear family where you have your mom and you have your dad and it's perceived that each of them are offering bits and pieces to your life to make you this whole person. Right. So if you, if you're estranged from your mother, you, you speak to that. If you never attach to your mother, you're going to have big problems. (laughs) If you never attach to your mother, you know, (laughs) um, and then, yeah. And then we talk about things like daddy issues, you know, daddy issues, un- totally. stripper poles have daddy issues and we don't really know what yeah. these things mean. Or we know <laughs> what we mean by them, but they come from a traditional nuclear family with the mom and dad at the home. Right. So I agree with you. I think when she's saying father figure, it's like insert stable authority figure protector, you know, person who loves you unconditionally in this spot, right. but still using that kind of language. It really is yeah. sort of the last bastion of the way that we talk about things. And it's, it, it's interesting to have your perspective being a lesbian and a parent, right? So you're surrounded by these heteronormative things all the time with the kind of content that your kids take in, Right. I mean, talk oh, a little yeah. bit about that because it, it, it's well, such a unique perspective, I think. Well, I mean, first off, the twins, the three-year-old twins call me daddy. Right. Um, and I don't correct them. And where did they get that from? I'm thinking it's from everything in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my thought. No, I mean, like, every, every show, every one that walks around. I'd say like most people. 99%. Like, oh. Yeah. Not like 99% of but people. What does Arlo around. call you? Mama. That's interesting to me. He's never called me daddy. He's never think. called you daddy. He's always called me mama. Because he Arlo. Me Therese. Arlo is your first. He started calling you Therese. And Gwen, Gwen, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I like it's that. It's funny. Um, so Arlo (laughs) is four, five, five. he's five now. So he was your first and you raised him and you were explicit about what you were calling yourselves, right? Gwen is mommy. Yeah, this is mom and this is mama. Yeah. Yeah. And he abided by that. Yeah. Maybe we didn't do that with the twins. Because you, he watched the same same shit that they watched, yeah, right? Yeah. But they picked yeah. up daddy on their own. And then I didn't. Just, I don't think he did daddy, and I corrected him. I think we just like kept telling him that's what it is. That's what we. That's our names, you know. But yeah, I think we're just tired, you know. Is he, <laughs> that's what they say. You just raise the first yeah. one, and then the other ones are yeah. feral, and you cross your fingers. <laughs> um. 
is Arlo, I mean, he he's super smart and he understands the world probably better than most people. Has he <laughs> asked you guys questions about why oh, yeah. it's mom and mom? Go on. Oh, yeah. I mean, this years ago, he was like, well, he was like, how come I don't have a daddy? And I was like, oh, well, his families are different. Some families have a mommy and daddy. Some have a mommy and a mommy. Some have a daddy and daddy. Some have an aunt and an uncle. Some have a, you know, and like all things. Um, and he was like, hmm, don't get it still. So we had like that conversation a couple of times. Um, and then we got some books yeah. on how he was conceived. He now knows like all the things about a sperm and an egg. He knows that we went to a sperm bank and that that's how there was, you know, a donor that, so we'll call the donor, the donor because he's not like a dad or a father. Right. So he, you know, uh, he knows all about that. Is he curious about the donor? He hasn't shown any curiosity for like a year now. Um, He's asking those questions a while ago, but we still will read the books and stuff. And now he like great with the books. I mean, they're bears, you know, Uh, I don't know how much he like understands yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward to a book. Where it's just like normalized. Yeah. Maybe you can help me with writing a book. Because I, I get it. Like there's a lot of books that like show, you know, how you got the sperm all things. That's fine. Or show that there's like two moms. And my and my family has two moms and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it. I just want to have a story where there's like two moms and it's just regular doing something. Right. It's not pointed out. It's just. Yeah. Just in there. I haven't seen one of those yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because. Yeah. Are we not there yet? I don't know. I think it would still be confusing. I know at least I think it would... three people that would buy that book. So I think, is that a profit yeah. or no? You mean um, all your <laughs> lesbian friends that have kids? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean. Um, I'm ready yeah, to write that I, book. I think it's ahead of its time, though. Totally. I'm hoping we're going in that direction so that that'll be, like, one of the things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we do put footsteps in that direction, and then you hear about how lots of people in this country, hopefully just a very loud minority, are still trying to repeal gay rights, you know, oh, I know. and all be all, which is scary yeah. as fuck. So it's hard yeah. to know what I, I do think. I'm in a bubble for I sure. Think, yeah. It, collectively, I think, you know, from a zoom out whole world, I think it is moving positively. And I do hope that I do. I do hope that it is just a very vocal minority that's uh, putting the negativity in the world about that yeah. stuff. But, um, well, I, you know, I think. It'd be a good book though. It's just, it'd be, 
I mean, you're right. It just takes a moment to establish who the characters are. It's I mean, not movies like, are already there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but usually if there's gay characters, there's a lot of gay talk around the gayness. Like it has to be it's not like it is talked about. It? it is normalized, but it still has to, it does feel like it has to be talked to. I'm not saying it has to be, it does feel like it is. Like a gay movie right. is a gay movie. It's not a movie. Right, 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 right. right. Like a female athlete. The female athlete. What? Or like, right? Like they just talk about sports or whatever, and then they're like, female athletes or no? Oh, you're saying that it's like, silly that we don't just call someone athlete that we call them a yeah. female athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, know. but yeah, like calling out things that are like that one is like even more normal. It should be more normal. That it should just be athletes or something, you know. Or, but like, we do separate yeah. them for purposes of competition. Cause yes, yes. Right? We're getting into like a whole thing. We're about I mean, to get into a whole I thing. I'm not ready. Not, yeah. I'm not ready for that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if we should. That feels like a season two conversation. Yeah, that's like once we've got some... <laughs> More than one person listening. I don't even know where it would go if we talked about it. I don't know either. I'm a little scared. This could be the end of the show. <laughs> Let's go back to father figure. <laughs> yeah, go back to father I figure. I guess the father figure thing, too, I was thinking about was, do you need, they always say, right, you need that that male energy or whatever, or you need you definitely need that female energy or whatever, you know? Yeah. But what is that? I don't even know. Social constructs. Yeah. It's this, it's a way that we take in the world and try to understand things. How's Arlo going to be good at sports? There's two girls raising him. Yeah. He's going to be really good at softball. Maybe softball or ballet. Don't do that. (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah. Right? Hmm. That's what I think about. Do you think that the twins calling you daddy, Do what do you think their perception of gender is in that way? Do they, do they see hair. you as a man? Short hair. Done. Do they think oh, you're... Oh, short hair, that's that's a man. Uh, Have they I ever, think... like, just, yeah, call it, like, said you're a, a man or mommy's a woman and daddy's a man. I don't know. Do kids say it's like It's funny, right? It's like, oh, oh no, da- daddy's coming to dinner. She's going to be here in a minute. It's like, okay. Oh. So, like, <laughs> um, um, like, uh, Evie started calling me mommy, daddy. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I was thinking, oh, she's calling both of us. But now I'm like, oh, no, she's always just, not you, mommy, mommy, daddy, or daddy. It's like, it's like she's, she's starting to get it. Yeah. You know, Rex, we just found out that he calls me daddy. That's interesting. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Good for it's us. Same. It's fine. That he's talking, that he talks and he yeah. acknowledges. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. How did you figure that out? Because he's always saying mommy. And I was like, who am I? And he was like, daddy. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel in any bad way. Okay, good. That's good. I think it's kind as of long funny. As, yeah. And it's, it's, it's something to observe. I mean, it's just fascinating. So what's going to happen, you know, later? Yeah. And, you know, when... When we're at like a, par- a public park and she's like, daddy, daddy. And I come over, I'm like, hey, you know, if there's other people are like, oh, her daddy's coming over. And then like, what's going on with this bitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you're daddy. That oh. man has boobs. Um, <laughs> I just, I know, I, I and I just own it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just have to yeah. own it. I'm just like, she's calling me daddy. I'm responding. I'll continue yeah. on. But I know there's like, a little confusion and yeah. then maybe some judgment and I'm like F it all anyway you know but you don't as long as it doesn't make you feel bad then I don't feel bad I just observe like you're saying it's an observe observation like yeah I can feel that there might be some explanation needed to these strangers which yeah. are, which I will not be providing them right so you know, and that's fun job. for me too. It's not my yeah. job. Google it. Yeah. If you're confused and whatever, you know. Well, you are essentially a white man. So that feels like white man energy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> what, what, what? This is all mine. Like, wait. So she Don't calls worry me about daddy. It. She does call me daddy. And you, identify as a I do any other questions deal with it <laughs> yeah I mean I gotta go make confusing. some money yeah it's confusing and it's fine though I mean what's the harm in it I know I who think cares people, people really don't like being confused though everyone really You're wants so easily confused <laughs> you know is it that easy people hate it they hate I mean, I don't like being confused. confused either, but I'm confused by things that are confusing. Right. Like, is this that confusing? I, like, I nowadays, and we're in California, and it's kind of like, you're not confused. You actually know what's happening. Don't act like you're confused right now. You've just never seen one in the wild. Yeah. Like, you've seen it on TV. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh. Oh, you know. they do exist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, seems pretty normal. We don't all have to take off our pants, you know, and be like, here we are, you know, this. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. I still don't get, and this might be controversial. Why do we have to tell everybody who we have to have sex with? We want to have sex with. Ew. Do we need to say that? You know? Does it matter to me who you're having sex with? Can we have a conversation about something completely unrelated? I I agree. You know? It's, it's, I think it's just in good and bad ways. I just think it's people always constantly needing to be able to judge something as good or bad. I just think, I don't know if that's like, 
a human thing or an American thing or, or a generational thing, but it's like, there's so much coming at us in the world and we just have to know what compartment to put it in. And I don't know. Yeah. There's this, there's this little bit on home of an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm when Larry David finds out that um, his girlfriend's doctor is gay. And he's like, oh, oh, you're gay? Oh, huh. Okay, good for you. That's great. <laughs> and he's like, excuse me, Mr. David, you know, what does that matter? And he's like, I don't know. I got, he kind of gives you more credit in my, <laughs> my estimation of you. And of course, like, the doctor and his gay partner, they get really offended. Like, what does that matter? You know, but Larry was like, Oh, you know, I have a better estimation of you. Like if you're able to be out and gay, you've uh, proven some sort of like courage, like you're willing to, be comfortable with yourself. It speaks to your confidence. It speaks to the support yeah. in your life. Like it does, it gives off all of these subtle messages and some deliberate messages about who we are. And it is literally just who you have sex with. You're right. But, but there are those, those elements yeah. too. There are all these little parts of it that are meaningful to people. I guess if it means you're thinking of it as a good thing, like having the courage to come out, being yourself, yeah. you know, um, not caring what other people think. But then there's like the bad things that people think about it too. Yeah. Like probably like, moved in on the second date. Yeah. Gross. Um, I don't know. It's funny because things. going to hell. You know. Right. <laughs> but that's obvious. It's funny because I don't know. I feel like I com I comment on it all the all the time. Like it's maybe it's because I listen to a lot of gay content, but I just think it's funny to point and laugh at as a straight person. And I don't mean that, you yeah. know, against my, my yeah. gay brothers and sisters. I mean I just think it's ridiculous how we do build up these constructs around what gay is or what being gay is. And yeah, it does, it does really cloak itself in an identity for people and yeah. me being yeah. not gay. I don't want to among, minimize that. Maybe yeah. not gay among gays in just also makes that, I think something that we poke fun at because it's just like a difference, just like it's, I don't know, just like the way we're different in other ways. It's right. just funny to talk about and point yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, if it's all done in love, it's all about intention, right? Like, oh, totally. And, and, <clears throat> you know, I've called you the F word when we've played ping pong and, and what? I meant it. I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I meant it. Yeah. Because you're a real F word to play ping pong with. But. Yeah. Yeah. It came you're from just a mad. place you're of just love. Mad of jealousy <laughs> that I'm much better at, at ping, ping pong than you. And Anger. Maybe some regret. Most maybe things. Yeah. Ping pong. Well, we bowling. We'll, 
I can't forget about one that. One time in Wee Bowling. That one time. I never played sit. And then you and refuse I, to play ever again. <laughs> I will not play it's again. messed up. And I only beat you because I got a perfect game. That's how yeah. hard that was. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, we should be able to talk about all this stuff in yeah. like safe spaces. Yeah. And, and really from a place of, of wanting to understand like how people take in the world. And, but it's always out of love or comedy, love and comedy, yeah, you know, and never to make someone feel bad about being exactly who they are. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I like the comedy bit about it. I, um, I like to design games at work. Yeah. And somebody was like, oh, you're the game master. I was like, oh, you're the game master. <laughs> I love it. So whenever they like, we like introduce ourselves, maybe a new person or something. Sometimes if I'm feeling wacky, I'm like, you know, I love designing games and all things. So, you know, they call me the game master. <laughs> and I just look at them and they're like a little confused. Yeah. Um, but is it mm. supposed to be funny? Is this offensive? She is gay. What do I do? She is gay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I just like to f with people. You know. I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. It's just fun. Acknowledging who we are and being able to talk about it and laugh about it, I just think is so healthy. And passing that kind of way of looking at the world onto your kids is so healthy. You know, that you don't correct them, that you don't have a rigidity in your household really about anything. And I think that <laughs> just all goes along with it. Anything. Yeah, just peeing around the house. You're fine with it. Okay, you do have rigidity about peeing. I'll give you that. I mean, I clean up after. I mean, you guys are traditional. Yeah. You are a traditional nuclear family in like every other way. That's how I. Yeah. I mean, I. I think we're fairly traditional, you know. But I just generally boring shine light in dark spaces. There's no reason yeah. we shouldn't be talked. Like, let's root it up. Let's turn it over. Let's talk about it. Let's make ask fun questions. Of each other. Make fun of each other. I know that. I mean, it's not hard, not difficult. Yeah. Everyone I just mean, needs to calm down with the random anger about it. I think. Yeah. It's so mad. Like, but why? Why? Let's just let. Let's not. We need to judge things that are worthy of judgment. That is how we are. We must judge. There's I don't want to be controversial, but I. <laughs> How much do you love that John decided to retire? Someone said, what did Jesus say? Don't try to remove the plank in your brother or no, don't try to remove the stick in your brother's eye before you remove the plank from your own. Oh, wow. That's, that's like, I thought you were going to say something like throw the first stone or whatever, but this one is is like a very specific. Oh, it's never heard that planking one. Oh, it's huge planks. Yeah. Long planks. In your planks. eye? Yeah. Very visual, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just Ouch. love each other. 
Come on. You know, we've all got our stuff. Let's just. We all have our stuff for sure. Be cool with it. And it's so, it is really hard to fight when you acknowledge that you have your own stuff. Right? Yeah, it's true. Forget having a fight with a partner. Like, forget about it. Because you try to stay on topic. And then before you know it, the what about you's come out. You know, what about all your bad habits? What about all the things you waste your money on? No, we're talking about you. We're talking about you. Your stick. Let's not talk talk about about my plank later. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's good Good. stuff, T. That was good. Yeah, that was was really good. That was a fruitful discussion. It wasn't ranty. Like a talking. And a thinking. I probably get more ranty about how I see heteronormative stuff through your eyes thinking about, because I empathize with you as my best friend. So I see all that shit and it makes me mad. That's an ally. That's an ally right there. Yeah, I'll rant for you any day yeah, of the week. That's nice. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. I don't feel like it. It's you the know, very least live. I can do. <laughs> the very least. Oh. Just let me live, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing you're in I'll California. I'll let you live. I'll let you live. I know. I just I do worry about them coming for you. <sighs> yeah. I mean, if it got down to physical, physical, like throwing your body in front of people, like to prevent some shit, I'd go there. Oh, like if I'd go there too. If fascism is really coming for America, like people think it is, and it's like knock on the door, or someone's trying to like pull people apart. I mean, I can see getting physically huh. violent. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, it's a whole thing. When someone, like, just makes comments, like, but, you know, and it seems innocent. Oh, no, you know, I'll vote yes on Prop 8 or, you know, or it's fine. Like, it's just not, just don't get married. It's fine. What's wrong? It's fine. Just live together. You know, I, I can go straight to, like, if you try to rip my family apart, you know, that kind of thing, because it can all be, it feels innocent almost like it's fine. Yeah. I'm letting you live, 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 live. We just yeah. don't just these little things, but it's just these like little like chips, you know, chip at it, chip at it, chip at it. And then all of a sudden you're taking my kids away from me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah. Um. So that's why you got to nip it in the bud. First thing. Agreed. Let's just debate about this thing, and it's not a big deal. No, your little debate is taking my family away from me. So let's stop doing that now. So now I'm getting ranty, but you know what I mean? Sorry, once you start bringing that up, then I'm like, what the hell? Um, Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Because it's not about just living and let living. You deserve protections like anyone else does as a partner, as a parent, as a homeowner, as a taxpayer. You deserve those protections as well, just the same. And and when those protections are denied to you, then, yes, that puts you in a vulnerable place. 
And that's why it's important that we do recognize equality in policy and in law. And Thank I'll you, Ellie. be all. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of horror stories out there. We'll get into yeah. it right now. I know. There's I don't a lot want of them. To. I know. It's really sad. Yeah. No, so. I know. I know. I don't want to. Yeah. It's very scary. Yeah. How precarious things are. And this is in California. You know, I can't even imagine. Yeah what people do in other states. I mean, they can't live, they can't really live out loud and they can't get the protections that they are deserve. They are owed that they deserve. Oh my God. Okay. Now I'm going to start getting really mad. Okay. Yeah. Let's just move on to your, we should have just transitioned. We were talking about comedy for a second. We could have transitioned to comedy bombing, but now I'm getting mad. (laughs) All right, let's just. Um, she talks about how she finds value in bombing on stage as a comedian. And mm-hmm. um, T, you and I have done comedy together before, like a handful yeah. of times. Yeah. And we know what she's talking about. <sighs> we have bombed before. Wait, and it... do we know what she's talking about in terms of value of bombing? I mean, let's talk about it. Let's well, talk let's about talk it, about yeah. it. Yeah, let's talk about it. We have One, experienced it. I mean, I I love it. I loved bombing because um, it felt like this really special experience. Like, yes. I don't know, 98% of people will never try stand-up comedy, right? So it's already right. like a unique point of view to have to get to be on a stage and like make people laugh but it's a whole other thing (laughs) it's a whole other unique feeling that is felt by 100% of comedians for sure yes what it feels like to not people make to be on a stage and people not laugh at you oh my god to stand there and know it's happening and to keep going and to finish and to walk the stage (laughs) and to to be in that moment and feel it and and we got lucky because we were together so we could feel it together and we could you know I don't know what it's like just on my own that would be horrible probably on a different level and remember, we just, when it happened, we walked out of the bar and we just kept walking. We walked onto the sidewalk and we just walked over to the alley. And my memory of it is we were giggling yes. maniacally. Yes. Because we both went through that and felt how horrible it was to feel. And then we just found it to be absolutely hysterical. Maybe it's like that release of that like adrenaline or something yeah it was adrenaline but it was like a release of like anxiety oh yeah the the nerves that hit you when you realize it's happening (laughs) oh my god what was it like two three hours of that happening like i just i there's i'm just gonna explain there's one moment in our comedy routine where you're supposed to laugh 
Like it's yeah. what's supposed to happen. A hundred percent. It's the payoff laugh. Yeah. Like there's a, a, a like a buildup. We do a little bit of a buildup, just a couple of minutes of a buildup. And then there's a moment where within, I'd say, five seconds of us, of this part, there should be like crazy laughing, right? And then in this yeah. instance, I've never heard this much silence. It's pure. It, it was, was pure. just. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't want to get too detailed, but. We have to continue, like you said, right? Continue what we're doing. My first thought is to run away. But because you're there, yes. I'm not just going to leave you there. So we just have to continue you what we're doing, continue. which is a little bit. What we're doing is a little embarrassing. Yeah. And when there's no laughing, now you're just doing an embarrassing act <laughs> on a stage in front of a group of people <laughs> together. <laughs> It feels a little dirty. Um, <laughs> but if someone laughed, then you'd be like, okay, this is a show that we're doing that's funny. But in silence, where you know there's so many people just staring at you, they're not even talking to each other. Like, they're not even ignoring you, which I would prefer. They're, they are clearly staring at us still. Yeah. We have another five minutes to go <laughs> on this. And it felt like and hours. We kind of usually lean into the awkwardness yeah. that we probably yeah. added on a few more minutes inadvertently. Yeah. Just because yeah. we were really like a cat rolling in the sunshine. Like we were laughing at all. <laughs> but up. also, when we do it and we're talking, it felt like time got, I was like, Ellie. You know, I was like, <laughs> What's wrong? I'm doing a warm, you know, and I'm like, try. It's weird because I know that's happening. I feel that's happening, but I'm trying to go as fast as I can to get the F out of there. You know, Um, it's the weirdest. Like, do we have a recording of the stand up? Can we put it on our website? I assume we have a website. Or um, or I'm not sure we can let's let's wait on it just because okay. professionally there's social media things and okay. I'm not sure if I just get fired. Well, our sleuthy listeners, because we've got them because they Could sleuth the it. fuck out of this is actually happening. Um, see if you can find me and T's stand up routine um, and we're not going to give you any hints. But yeah. if you do, email us at trauma. Email it to us because I can't find it. We can't find it. We <laughs> had it. I've we've had it at some point. I've seen. Oh, it. I have it. it. I have it on email. I have like a hard copy. But okay. it, it somebody put it on YouTube. Yeah, it is there. That, that's the only other clue. But um, I'm just gonna say that was the first time we ever did it. So it take that one was a oh, longer shit. take. Oh, it's not just keep going, keep watching it. I know it's that beginning bit. It's a little long. Um, but I will Oof. say when we bond too, it's definitely memorable. I remember everything, the light in the room. I remember every detail. Oh yeah. Like I remember that. And then the first time we did it probably because there's video of it and I've seen it before. Every other time we've done it, I don't really remember 
I mean, you're always so yeah. drunk. We're but this one so sobered drunk. me up like real quick. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't tell you how many times we did it or how many places we did it. It was just like this we weird party. I remember doing it at like random parties. We'd do it. Oh, yeah. And then People everybody would, would stop what they were it. doing. <laughs> and then <laughs> do it. Oh, my God. That's so weird. Yes. Value and bombing. Yeah. If you ever get the chance, we highly recommend it. It's a unique feeling that very few people get to feel. And I'm glad she gets to feel it. It's humbling. Very humbling. And enjoy it. It sounds like she enjoys it. She enjoys the comedy in general. And then, like, she has comedy friends who just feel like. We're Which so I was surprised to hear was nice. so. Yeah. Are they? I don't know. Hmm. We are. Some of them are kind we of are. weird. Uh, yeah. Um, There's that one dude. Rape we won't get into that. <laughs> Who? Rate Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he was nice. He was nice. He was just kind of weird. Um, I did look up a, a few of her stand-up bits on her Instagram. And she was oh, funny. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, yeah. I, you know me. I try not to do too much research so I can be present. Um, You guys, if you want to look at some of her stand-up, you can find a few clips on the fake Kimberly Rose at the fake Kimberly Rose on Instagram. Um, T, let's talk about listener comments to the This Is Actually Happening episode. What did you find there on Facebook? The old Facebook-a-rooney. Mostly good stuff. You know, um, I found this one gripping as hell. I can see it making a fascinating movie, you know? Mm. I think so, too. Um, but yeah. a lot of, like, you know, power to you. Um, and then also a, a few around, like, people are not – they can't believe that – and me, too. I like, can't believe you go to prison for clearly a psychotic episode Yeah, where you should be going to, like – Hospital. A hospital. Um, a lot of people were, were, were angry about that. Um, <laughs> there was one that was like, huh, I really couldn't follow this. Um, I, <laughs> which they, like uh, reminded me of uh, what you've said about listening to people's like uh, trips and stuff. Um, like, well, I don't get of- it. Like, yeah, they're like, it went, They, I mean, that's all they said, but I'm assuming it's like during the episode, the psychotic episode, like the way that she described what it was like, it was like, what do you, where, what's happening? Like got confused because, you know, when somebody, like what you were saying about when I was describing my. Yeah, but I feel like this like commenter is just being deliberately obtuse about this. Because there's plenty of reality yeah. circling the her little. I mean, it's not. She's not like we let her go on and on and on for hours. Like, no, describing, like, I found it very clear. A couple people said that though, but yeah, it, two out of like a million. I mean, I would. Commenters. I wouldn't characterize it as. You're you're saying they characterized it as they couldn't follow it. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't even know what that means. I guess I just, if so, as soon as someone starts talking to me about like, I don't know, fairies and shadows and planes and whatnot, like I just put that into like an area like that, like little, I'm I'm talking about my trip. And then as soon as they come back to you, and then I took my shoes off in the airport. I'm like, I'm right there. I never like, I never lost track of what was going on. I just kind of tune out the wily bits, you know, and I wait back oh. I wait till reality comes back. I was but in you it. Were like, I you was were in. feeling what she was saying. <laughs> I was like, this sounds really, <gasps> you know, <laughs> well, that's interesting, I guess. Um, um, for Instagram, yeah. zero comments. Oh, wow. There's a lot of comments on Facebook. Nothing. Um, no, nothing. Someone did say, I felt this in my bones, oh. which I was like, me too. Oh, yeah. Me too. Fellow so druggie. 60 comments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's messed up. I'm not, again, I'm like comparing my acid trips to this person who was clearly not on drugs. Um, so I, like, but, but there's I just, a lot of I similarities. Yeah, I felt it as well. Um, but yeah, 60 comments. Wow. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess is that it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I, I really I, I was searching, searching for fights. I like having maybe fights. No. I mean, I guess the like I couldn't follow this had like a little bit of. Spiciness. You know, spicy, but I'm not going to yeah. get into it. And I did kind of come for them a little bit. You did. You did. Yeah, Sorry. but I was I was just I was saying because you were I, you couldn't follow my acid trip, you know. I thought it was fun. Yeah, but I just yeah. tune you out. And then as soon blah, as you're blah. back with me, I'm like, yes, T. Wow, yes. that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm so Ooh, glad you're back spooky. to normal. <laughs> yeah. What did um, you have for lunch? Um, yeah. all right. I'm just going to do the outro. Okay. Oh, great, great, great. <clears throat> so you're going to record. Thank you for listening. Oh. I'm not going to do the, all the end bits. Okay. Not the side effects. No. Sorry. Go ahead. I guess I could. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you for okay. listening. This. What? Oh. Why are you talking? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna stop. I said I'll thank you for that. listening. You're like, okay. Like, <laughs> mm. Oh. No, he said thank you for listening. This. And then I was like, what? Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our shit where podcasts are kept. Thanks to Kim for sharing their story and giving us an opportunity to talk about it. And thanks to the This Is Actually Happening team, including Whitney Misseldine and the maker of our music, Nathaniel Tromboli. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at Gmail and search for us on Instagram and TikTok. We might have accounts by now. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. And don't forget... We're not doctors.